coming to you from that galaxy far, far away. This is the Star Warriors podcast, and this is Chris. And this is Rocco. And we are here to talk about May 2021, all the Marvel comics that came out that month. Uh, this this past month, I should say. It's been it's been a pretty thick uh lineup right oh it's been it's been so thick um i think it's just been honestly a thick month of comics altogether i mean everywhere um but you know obviously this being star warriors we're going to focus on those star wars comics and man oh man just like you said it was a thick month it's funny you said that in general like about all comics because i feel like i've been ordering more and more comics in these last uh, like upcoming months, mm-hmm. like Marvel's doing more cool stuff. This like the indie companies are doing a lot of great stuff, um, and DC's just piling it on. So, yeah, I mean, with this crossover alone, I mean, this is four books plus the mini series. So, we're gonna get into it. We're gonna talk about War of the Bounty Hunters uh, real real soon. But uh, first up, you know, you and I have been kind of speculating, wondering where the high republic comic series would go yes right so we yes. we said was it gonna be six issues now we know it's at least going to eight issues with the latest solicitations yep. uh so amazing stuff but the great thing is they announced a mini series that's going to be a companion piece with the upcoming uh novel the adult novel mm-hmm. uh by kevin scott and that's uh, the rising storm i believe it's called Yes, I don't have my notes in front of me. I'm um, failing here. Yes, it's called the Rising Storm. It, calls, it comes at the, out at the end of June, uh, but they announced a new High Republic miniseries called Trial of Shadows uh, by Daniel Jose Older, uh, with art by David Watner and colors by Giada Marchesio. Uh, so, yeah, this is cool. Uh, so we're going to see different Jedi in this, and it'll tie in directly to the the next novel. What do you think? I mean, I'm I'm here for it. Um, as always, we like to joke that I like my books to be picture books. Um, so I'm not going to end up reading that novel, um, even if I say I'm going to or if someone buys it for me. Because my brother has done that with Star Wars books. If I buy it for you, will you read it? And I'm like, yeah. And then he buys it for me and I just don't read it. Um, <laughs> so, <laughs> it's a nice display piece. Exactly, exactly. Um, so, yeah. Um, I'm looking forward to it because it's Star Wars. It's just it's it's just more Star Wars. And I'll tell you something. Speaking of my brother, he's actually currently in um, Star Wars uh, Galaxies over in uh, Florida. So he's in Star Wars. Yes, exactly. He's in Batu and oh. uh, <clears throat> sent me a picture of a sweet souvenir he's bringing back for me. So I'm pretty pumped about that. That's a great brother right there. Once in a while, once in a while. But no, um, getting back to it, though. Yeah, I mean, like I said, it's Star Wars comics, so I'm excited about it. I want to know more and I'm going to I'm going to pick them up. I'm going to read them. Yeah, don't worry. I'm going to get this book. I'll fill you in. Thank you. I will. I will. I'll be that companion piece for you as you read this comic. You could say, hey, Chris, what the hell is going on here? And I'll say, well, Rocco, I'm not really on that chapter yet, so don't spoil that shit for me. Um, Fair enough. Fair enough. Right. All right. All right. Speaking of the High Republic, um, let's get right into the show because, like we said, we got a lot of comics to talk about. Yeah, we the do. High Re- right, and the High Republic was the outlier really this this month, right? With um, a, it's not really in that time period, uh, and it's it's not part of uh, the War of the Bounty Hunters. And I don't have a B. I, I do that a lot, so just A's. Yeah, yeah. No, I'm I'm with you. I I liked I I felt like we were finally getting to like more action, more depth. Um, this was also a heavy book. I don't know if you noticed this was heavier. Um, it felt longer. Um, mm-hmm. and I was, I was okay with it. Um, <clears throat> I love the artwork on the huts. Yes. Um, I really liked that with the rancors and, uh, I loved, I just liked it. I like it when then the huts and the Jedi had to work together. I thought that was cool. You know, again, it was, I would say my favorite one so far of the high oh, wow. Republic comics. Nice. Yeah. Nice. Yeah. It was a very action heavy episode yes. uh, here. And so, or issue, whatever you want to call it. Uh, <laughs> I mean, the great thing is like, we've had the drain gear attacking. Now we have the hut cartel attacking. Uh, so 
we we see the Jedi's challenge once again, but it's really uh, I I love the art. Did you notice like just like the lightsaber from Trennis, uh, yes. all the swiping and all that stuff? I really thought that was uh, portrayed well in each panel. Uh, and it was just it was a fun, really fun issue. And then we see even more of like this this battle that Skeeter's going through uh, battling the dark side ever since he he lost his friend in, in Light of the Jedi. And he's been affected by it. You know, we've we've seen his downfall through these issues. Uh, and then all of a sudden the Drangir take control of him again we we had we had been we had been led to believe last issue that um that he had actually tricked them you know or whatever so there's another thing right there real awesome thing was Tarek and Sarit uh versus the Rancor I thought that was a really cool scene yes absolutely and I'm really really digging um the two of them and their their dynamic I think it's really cool they they're like they share one mind almost and they're not brothers they're not sisters they're just they don't um they're what was that they're not uh, gender specific they're not right. uh, yeah non-binary. they're non- non-binary correct and I, th- I think that that's a really cool touch because like what really annoys me is um people that sexualize these things like hmm. oh they're non-binary that's like a sex thing right and it's like why does it have to be that way? Like, this is Star Wars. Like, they're just telling the story about Huts and and the Drengear and the Jedi. And these two characters happen to be non-binary. And that's what I love about Star Wars is that it can just include everyone. And it doesn't need to be this overtly, like, jam it down your throat, whatever, what have you. And I really like that about these characters. And... I'm not thinking about whether or not they're non-binary. I'm just thinking about how they just beat the snot out of a rancor, and it was really cool to watch. It came off the pages for me. Exactly. It's just establishing good characters, regardless of what their affiliation or their gender is. So, I mean, it it was really epic to watch them just work together and share in the force. And I thought, you know, they were able to portray a lot of things like that through this issue including yes. like that mind touch at the end mm-hmm. um i think it was like trennis had to do the mind touch with skier it was mm-hmm. a risk to do it but uh at the end we're actually left to believe that he's he may be dead yeah uh, but who knows with this stuff it's comic books right so no one's <laughs> truly dead ever they're always resurrected or i mean yeah we we all know we know Just, we know the routine by now so, uh, I mean, this was just action from start to finish. I, you know, we, I blew through this book real quick at a great yes. time. Um, but we did get to see the fact that they weren't able to push back the Drengear. Uh, they were able yes. to reach into the force uh, and just, and even on Starlight Beacon, where they, where they would jump to it, a certain point of the comic uh, was over, like over, overgrown with all the Drengear and just, yep. uh, they were attacking everybody and they even retreated. So, um, it's, it is funny to see this kind of like this hive mind, uh, behind the drain gear. And I'm wondering where it's going to, you know, where this is going to go next. So it's great to know that this is going to, you know, at least eight issues, uh, and we're going to yes. be seeing the same story. So, uh, very, very happy with, uh, what's been going on. And like, yeah, this was probably my favorite, ep- my ep- issue that episode so far. <laughs> yeah. I like, like I said, I mean, I, I agree with you. It definitely is my favorite as well. Um, and I'm looking forward to where where it's going to go from here. Um, you know, I'm not so attached to Skier right now. So, I mean, if they kill him and it and it sticks and it ends up being like a huge catalyst for the moving forward of the story or whatever it is, like it's so wide open. Yeah, like I moving trying to see story forward, like it's her master's yes. dad, you know, yeah. Yes, but with Star Wars, we always talk about how, like, well, we know what happens. We just don't know how they get there. And here we don't know anything. We don't know what happens. We know there's an accolade at the end of it. We do know this. There is an accolade. All of it, like 100 years later. That's all we know. What a weird thing to tell the tell the people. So, yes, um, let me do the officials on this one. Uh, This was the High Republic number five. Uh, there is no fear 
It's chapter five, Attack of the Huts. Uh, it's written by Kevin Scott with inks by Mark Morales. Art by Ario Anandito and colors by Annalisa Leone. So good times, good times. But are you are you ready for why we're really here? Yeah, well, I mean, we're here for War of the Bounty Hunters, baby, because right. this is our canon, quote unquote, version of Shadows. And if you are a fan of Shadows of the Empire, like I know we both are, um, this is a moment in Star Wars time that we've been waiting for. And here it is. It is. So starting off War of the Bounty Hunters, we know that Charles Soule was uh, named the orchestrator of this whole storyline. And he's been writing the main Star Wars line uh, comics. So it's he starts this one off with Alpha number one. Uh, and this mm-hmm. is called Prelude, Pre- Precious Cargo. It's written by Soule, uh, pencils by Steve McNiven, one of my favorites of all time in the industry, and also colors by Laura Martin. And so um, why don't you... Uh, why don't you break this down for us? This was very like an action heavy action porn, as you like to say. Yes, it it was, but it's also it's the simplicity of of something that you wouldn't even think of would happen that would become a catalyst of a much larger story. And that's something I've always loved about Star Wars is it's you didn't think about this. It's a small thing. And who would have thought, hey, what if um, Han and Carbonite started melting? Right. Something that simple. And now Boba Never Fett's thought like, about what? It. And same here. Never would have thought about that. So now Boba Fett's got to figure out, what am I going to do? Because if he melts, it will end up killing him. And Jabba wants Han alive. And Boba, I mean, this is a huge bounty. This is a very large I mean, Jabba said it himself. I'm going to put a bounty so large in your head, you will not be able to go near a civilized system. Cool. So this is a... This is a very large bounty that Boba is cashing in on. Now, with that being said, he lands on a, on a planet because he's got a contact, of course, because he's Boba Fett, that could take a look at this and possibly fix it. And dude's like, yeah, but you're going to need to pay me. And Boba Fett's like, I thought my credit was good here. And he's like, listen, man, you know, I want credits, period. Like, that's what, that's what we're doing here. So he's like, well, there's a fighting tournament, you know, just so happens to be. And, I mean, he's Boba Fett. I mean, he's a bred clone of the Clone Wars who, you know, did not have his growth accelerant. Um, He's a natural warrior. And I loved the fact that they did this, like, paint that said that after a certain amount of time, it will just deteriorate itself off of your armor. And he paints himself completely black I want that figure. He'll get it. Without a doubt. Without a doubt. Or I'll make you one with a, you know, Thank you. matte spray paint, you know, for Christmas or something. So there you um, go. So, yeah. yeah. Go so he fights. He fights and he's just like, you know, killing left and right and left and right. And it's pretty gory and I liked it. Mm-hmm. But, dude, let me tell you something, man. I don't like large spiders. And right. well, yeah, like Lord I, of the Rings the, the, and stuff like that. Yes, and the webbing coming out of the butthole. Um, it was yeah, I that's the worst. Yeah, I didn't like that. Uh, but he fought her. She was the grand champion. And Worman, he, Worman Lictor. That's her name. So he kills her. You know, good and dead. And then uh, he goes to collect his his amount. And uh, it was they what did they they try to jump him because they killed because he killed their warrior. That's right. So here's an awesome kind of tie into the the sequel trilogy is the the kanjis. Right. And so, yes, kanja club. Yeah. So you can just I didn't have a deal with kanja club. (laughs) I mean, why this is I love this because they can actually just tie this back into uh you know, the original trilogy and like we've been watching Invader and other stories yes. like let's just let's just make all of this new canon stuff a nice, nice soup, you know, a nice let's soup that crispy. we can all enjoy. Crispy soup? Uh, is that like, guess, is that like, like, like French like... onion au gratin or something? 
What is that? There you go. Yeah. Oh. But no, like crisp it up. Take these weird things that they gave us in the sequel trilogy and then let's, you know, let's let's bake a little more into that. Let's give that a little more context. You're absolutely right. I love Call Me Django. Yes. And it was like all those flashbacks to his father and just the fact that, you know, in the last year we learned finally the the truth behind the Fett dynasty. We learned that they were, um, we learned about in the Mandalorian, we learned about foundlings, right? And how mm-hmm. people can be accepted into the Mandalore clan or whatever it is. And then yeah. be a part of that because of that. And they, and that's why I think it was so important um, what they did in the Mandalorian for Star Wars lore, uh, because it's always been a question. I thought they did that really, really solid. And now... It means even more because he's there. What they call him, like the best ca- best car or something, some cool name. Oh <laughs> uh, yeah, I know, I know what you mean. Uh, but all of this, all of this stuff where they can just keep building the Mandalorian lore around the the Fett dynasty, as I as I said before. So um, I thought, yeah, it was a it was a really kind of just a, an interesting way to start things off. And what happens at the end is what spins into uh, the next month and the miniseries and all of the other titles. So what happens? He goes back to his buddy um, who was fixing Han, finds blaster holes in him, and Han in Carbonite is gone. And what we just said regarding High Republic is that we don't know what happens at the end of this story because High Republic is brand new. We've all seen Return of the Jedi. We know that Boba Fett gets Han and Carbonite to Jabba and gets paid. But you still go, ooh, shit, when Han is gone. Because you're just like, oh, man, like, where'd he go? Yeah, it's interesting. Uh, Just a new, what a twist. Uh, So we have this shadowy figure who sends in these, I think the Devarians or whatever they are, a couple of them, but we know somebody is pulling strings behind the scenes and um, we'll actually get a small, not real answer, but we will touch on that uh, in an upcoming issue, which um, I think we're going to actually talk about next. So um, yes, I can't find that what they call them. I I don't want to keep like reading the comic. I'm trying to listen to you talk. But anyway, the best okay. or something or other, like you were saying. But anyway. yeah, I, I want to come up with some like cool thing like Billy the Kid or, you know, I don't know, something stupid, something I'm, re- I'm, I'm really stretching here. So, um, guys, if you uh, want to check out a really cool issue, uh, Bounty Hunter, War of the Bounty Hunters Alpha number one. It is the beginning of this entire crossover that's going to be happening for months and we can't wait for more. But and if you're gonna... looking for it. It's important what Chris said is you're looking for the alpha. You're not looking for War of the Bounty Hunters number one. That's coming out. Yes, in June. This is the alpha. So don't if you're going to your local comic book shop, don't say I'm looking for War of the Bounty Hunters number one. And those those jerks at Star Warriors told me that this was out. You know, it's the alpha. You're looking for the alpha. And I highly suggest it. Exactly. Exactly. So. We're going to be talking about more Prelude comics. Uh, Each of these titles, the four main Star Wars comics that Marvel has been putting out uh, for a little bit now, Star Wars, Darth Vader, Dr. Aphra, and Bounty Hunters. Uh, So all of these have this Prelude chapter that will lead into next month's books. Uh, They don't really go in any certain order, uh, but they actually do a good job uh, getting, getting us to where we need to be, as we say every episode as we've been in very high anticipation of this event. So. Absolutely. All right. So, you know, last, last episode, I said, where is Luke? Well, we pick right up with Luke training, taking out yep. some, some, uh, some training droids. I thought that was a pretty awesome scene. Yes. And it's just so cool to see him with this yellow lightsaber. Mm. Um, I, I just think that that's so neat. Obviously they did that because of the original Luke figure. It's kind of like a tongue in cheek kind of thing, but it's, they're still melding it into the story with him having a yellow lightsaber for a more, longer period of time than any of us had thought. Um, and yes, it o- opens up on him with the training droids. And I thought that that was just super cool. 
I like to see him continue his training. He never stopped. It's not like he just went to see Yoda and then he's like, all right, I'm a Jedi now. I don't need to train. Yeah. Growing up, it was weird because until shadows, we kind of knew because of the deleted scene from return of the Jedi that he had made the lightsaber. We knew that he would to like, I guess, Obi-Wan's hut or whatever and made his green lightsaber. Uh, but not until Shadows did we really have any kind of true backstory, which is now Legends, of course. But here we are now. Uh, and like you said, bringing in the yellow lightsaber was a huge thing, especially because it is a it is kind of a reference to the old vintage toy. But I love that I, it was a um, one of the guards from the Jedi, the Jedi Temple, right? It was a broken lightsaber because they used the dual ones. And yep. what a cool like throwback to uh, the prequel trilogy and those times. Absolutely. Uh, another thing I really kind of enjoyed was 3PO being 3PO in this this issue. He was very 3PO. <laughs> he was, I mean, Anthony Daniels was coming off the page mm-hmm, in, mm-hmm. in this in this entire from front to back. If you're a 3PO fan, this was the this was the issue for you. Um, just he wouldn't shut up at all and spoke at the wrong times in typical <laughs> 3PO fashion. Yep. And like R2 had something to share and they, they teased it at the beginning of the episode of the issue. I say it every damn time, uh, but whatever it is an episode. Uh, and then at the end of the issue, we do learn uh, something. So I'm going to talk about that right now uh, yes. because R2 is like, I have something to share about Elfrona where, where they got the lightsaber. They got the yellow lightsaber. Mm-hmm. They learned, they saw some high Republic stuff. Yep. Uh, and and whatever other tie-ins they want to make this, all of this this all work together. But um, they at the end they learn that uh, he knows that there are like different Jedi outpost locations, different places where Luke can go and learn or seek knowledge, which is also learning. Sorry, but um, and learn some more. And and then after that, um, he'll be a learned Jedi. But there's too many for him. I mean, like decades worth of information, apparently. Oh, yeah. Do you know what I think uh, that sets up? What? I think it can set up what happens post Return of the Jedi. Remember how like they mentioned like how he and Han or Lando go, go on these like journeys to find artifacts and stuff like that. So I think that this might be referencing to stuff he can do now and then also things that they could tell stories about in the coming future because we don't have that much storytelling from the new Republic era. No, I, I agree. I would love like to see what would it be like, uh, like a Luke and land. It would be a great comic series, Luke and Lando, uh, like, you know, junk pickers, but it's, (laughs) but they're looking for, for Sith and, and, uh, Jedi artifacts and yeah I could see this definitely playing into that especially with R2's information um, but yeah it's it's awesome it's a great setup but speaking of Lando when Chewie burst in saying that he's got information about where Boba Fett is because that's mm-hmm. where we're you know ultimately getting to here is this is the lead in to War of the Bounty Hunters he says no we can't trust Lando and Lando's not like when Han wakes up he's not going to want to see Lando yeah, so I thought that was pretty funny, actually. Yeah, it'd be like he'd be the last person that that he yeah. would want to see after he's awake, which makes complete sense. Um, but I did like the the way they like tracked Boba Fett down, um, and they were confused by that. You know, his name wasn't Django. You know, uh, that that whole thing, and you know, looks like him, but it is Mandalorian armor. So just that that whole that I thought that was cool. You know, they just showed up right after Boba Fett had left. I have a I have a trivia thing for you. Can yes. you name the four mottos of Narshada? Because this our heroes went to Narshada, the smuggler's moon, which is that's notoriously right. known as you know the hut kingdom, basically, right? So the huts yeah. have full control of that system. Um, but there are four mottos that were spewed out in this book can you can you name i know it was two? i can't but it was like that size noodles kind of right? like character yeah. with the long snout with the lips the lipstick lips at the end and she was talking to them about it so please refresh my memory nothing is free on our learn to love the lies 
Never tickle a hut, apparently. That's one of them. Um, and then, as we learn, business is betrayal. Uh, so that's ultimately what happens, right? Your uh, Our little size noodles character. I don't even know what, the, like you said, I don't, what is that species? Uh, yeah, I don't know either. Kanji shows up. The same Kanji goons that we saw in Alpha, which is, there we go. Nice tie. in that loop. Thinking that Luke and his group are friends with Boba Fett. Right. Who, in their eyes, owes them credits. But then Luke uses the Force. Unlike we've kind of seen, like, he uses it in a very large way. Like, if he can make everybody shudder or fall back, yes. like a massive group, that's that's a pretty that's a pretty big step uh, from what we've seen from Luke and what he's willing to kind of unleash into public. Uh, which gets him in trouble. And we've been talking about how is Vader going to tie into War of the Bounty Hunters? Why does this work? Well, I I think we just learned right here because Kanji Club is like, hey, this guy's a Jedi. We should probably tell the Empire because they're going to pay us for that information. So um, right there, (laughs) we link it to Vader. We know that Kanji's going to get in in touch with them. Um, I did I did really like the fact that they brought in Sagwa. I didn't really know this Wookiee's name, but that they brought in even something to tie into Solo, where they bring yes. those Wookiees from uh, the Spice Mines of Kessel. And, I loved yeah, right, loved that. I loved it because Solo is so underrated. It is. Solo is such a great, great movie. By the way, um, Miss Snoodles is a Palawak. A Palawak. Uh, Palawak. All right. Yeah. And but anyway, back. Exactly. I I had to Google it. Um, But uh, or or Wikipedia. But anyway, um, listen up casuals. Right. Um, Any time that they can loop in Rogue One or Solo, I absolutely I absolutely love it. Even something I, I, I love the the weird I call them the weird tie-ins. Like even I was talking to my brother today, who's at Disney, and during Solo, L three says, "Without me, you couldn't find your way to Black Spire," which is the park, is the Disney park. So like little things like that that Star Wars does, and then brings in this this Wookie that has not a whole lot of screen time in Solo is now in the comic helping them out. Fantastic! It's great world building that. On a, in a very simple level, but this is the kind of stuff that we fans appreciate the most because, you know, we loved the idea of the expanded universe at the beginning, but really it was very limited to only reading books and comics. But now they're making these movies, these TV shows, and we're getting these tie-ins uh, into the comics that make the whole world that much more rich. So, yes. I. I love it. I mean, that was that was a really good touch with Sagwa, and uh, I and then at the end, he's like, "I'm going to join the rebellion. I'm not going to be mm-hmm. a, a security uh, person on Narshada anymore." Exactly. Uh, but really, at the end of this issue, uh, the main thing is that uh, Leia gets in touch with them, saying that an unknown party has contacted the rebellion, that uh, Han Solo, uh, that they have Han Solo. Yes. That's how this ended, and that's what makes me wonder if this is a wild goose chase, what, who, why, and how does Boba Fett get him back? I I want to take the opportunity to talk about one, um, one, one piece of speculation that we've been talking about. Yes. Uh, because, you know, in a recent episode, we talked about how they could make this closer to Shadows of the Empire. How could they tie in things? We heard that Black Sun was part of this. Uh, we've talked about Shizor and, and how you can bring these people into canon, these characters. But something that we didn't think about very much was the fact that there is a character that Disney established who is now a very powerful crime lord uh, by default uh, the minute that Obi-Wan Kenobi killed off Darth Maul. Uh, and we mentioned a very underrated movie called Solo. Uh, so I've been saying that that hooded character in the promo art is very, very, I don't I say dainty, but very, 
it's not buff. It's not doesn't remind. It doesn't make me think that's a man. Uh, so what do you think about Kira showing up? Uh, because last we saw her, uh, she had killed off um, Paul Bettany. <laughs> uh, she did. She she did. Um, if you connect the dots and you look at shadows, so let's go. Let's let's take a little trip together, shall we, everyone? First, I'm ready. let's hyperdrive. Let's go to Clone Wars. Clone Wars. Uh, we established that um, Maul started Crimson Dawn, which is his crime organization. It enveloped a lot of the crime organizations, including Black Sun. Black Sun is a gang of Falleen. Prince Shizor is Falleen. So if we continue that logic that the Black Sun is part of Crimson Dawn and we move into Solo, you've got Darth Maul at the top of that food chain. You have um, Paul Bettany's character right below him. And then Kira. Kira murders Paul Bettany's character um, he tell uh, Maul tells her to go to Dathomir so they can work together much more closely. Mm-hmm. Fast forward to Rebels. Um, Maul has lost his mind. He's crazy. He goes and searches out Obi Wan. They fight. Obi Wan kills him. It stands to reason that Kira is now the sole top dog of Crimson Dawn, and now we're back to the comics. What if Kira? poison Maul's mind somehow. I don't want to get too far off range, but um what if also we see this 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 new battle after War of the Bounty Hunters between this upstart named Shizor from the Black Sun versus Kira for power of the Crime Lord Syndicates. I mean there's stuff that could happen and we're getting way off track, buddy. Yes we are, but regardless <laughs> That's the best part of Star Wars. And and what I guess what I'm trying to say is, is that your thought of that hooded character being Kira, um, I think is very I think it's very plausible. I think it would be an excellent direction if you're right. Would you bet credits or Beskar on that? Uh, knowing Star Wars, I wouldn't bet many. Because it's Star Wars, like, you know. I mean, it could. I mean, Ray was Palpatine's granddaughter. You know what I mean? Like, was she? I right. I don't know. Um, <laughs> but no. In, in all seriousness, it's it's Star Wars. It could be anything. True. True. Oh, uh, we'll leave it at that before the speculation uh, gets out of hand and we fall way down the rain pit. So, and that's um, the truth. <laughs> let's jump to the next uh, issue uh, that we'll be talking about. It's Bounty Hunters number twelve. Also, Prelude, Target Solo, uh, written by Ethan Sachs, art by Paolo Villanelli, and colors by Arif Priyanato. Uh, and so last time, we've been we've been having these great space battles, and uh, Dankar and Valence have decided to team up to go after Boba Fett, and that's where we are. Uh, and this, this issue, to me, was very um, crappy. Uh, it didn't, I, it was just kind of like, it was filler. It was filler it to was. bring in Forlam and Zuckus. It was filler to create this tension between Dengar and Valance. But I did like that flashback. Yeah. Yes. I did like the flashback because it, it lent, it, it led to more understanding. Cause it's a little odd to me that Valance was like, I got to help Han Solo. Like Why? But we're getting that filled in. And the flashback, very simply stated, is that Valence was instructed to assassinate a target. When he went to assassinate the target, he didn't realize it was Han. The person he was with did attempt to take a shot at Han. But Han misconstrued that, that it was actually Valence who took the shot. And Valence is like, no, like I'm trying to not kill you. Which just adds, it compounds to what Valence feels like this debt is because Han did come back for Valence in the TIE fighter crash in the beginning of this series. So now we add Han comes back for him for the TIE fighter crash and Han thinks, oh, and he thanks me by trying to kill me. What a, you know, what a, what a bad loath romance. Cat. What a loath cat. What a bad bromance, loath cats, man. So exactly. Like, this, I mean, 
I like I said, I mean, we're just we're just bringing in the other bounty hunters. Four Lam and Zuckus have finally said, "We give you your 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 head start now." Where's the girl? I forgot even that the girl was even around from the last few yeah. issues. Um, Dangar is like, what girl? (laughs) So, um, but Dangar actually knocks out Valence, tells Forlom and Zuck is about the bounty on Fett to pique their interest. And so that, that kind of carries them on their way. Uh, When Valence wakes up, um, him and Dangar say, they basically like make amends and that's it, right? Like, if some dude knocked me out of my ship, I don't think I would uh, make amends with him. I don't know. Depends. Yeah. Yeah. It, yeah, exactly. Yes. <laughs> no, I agree. Um, no, it's it was a little odd. Um, but yeah, I'm just looking forward to the next. Just just I want to move on to the next issue of Bounty Hunters um, and see where th- I, I want to really get like really deep into this whole story. I'm ready for it. Absolutely, absolutely. And um, before we do that, uh, we're gonna we have a couple more issues to talk about, but let's jump into a quick commercial break, and we'll be back with more Star Warriors. Defet Comics is the publishing branch of Don'tForgetATowel.com, the only place to travel geekly, focusing on creator-owned and independent titles like Hollowed, Pursuit of Plastic and fairy and many more dfat comics will be a mix of genres appealing to every kind of reader join the new source of comic book entertainment with dfat comics hey come take a seat at the campfire you're not the only one who joins i've got friends that come over sometimes too we talk about a ton of interesting things from geek culture then we cover some conspiracies or philosophical thoughts or monsters you know we Talked about Bigfoot in one episode. It's a lot of fun, so come join me at the Campfire Chats, a DFAT entertainment podcast hosted on Spotify and other fine places you find podcasts. Need more context on your favorite movie? Is Obama. Obama. As okay. Senator Obama. Ever wonder why they did or didn't do that thing or include that scene? This is prime. Like, this is perfect quality entertainment. Check out Gutsy Media Podcast as my friends and I take a deep dive into everything from blockbusters to indie films. The weakest apple cider bitch beers. Follow us on Twitter, Facebook, Instagram, and YouTube. That's Gutsy Media Podcast for everything movies. We are back after all of those great commercials from Defa Entertainment. Uh, and this is Chris. And this is Rocco. And we're talking Maze Marvel Comics for the Star Wars titles. Uh, we're getting real thick into War of the Bounty Hunters, uh, which is the new crossover event. And right now, through May, are all the prelude uh, issues. And so next up, we're going to be talking about Darth Vader number 12. Yes. Uh, right? called Into the Trap, uh, written by Greg Pack, art by uh, Giyu Villanova, I'm sorry, uh, colors by Dean White and Giada Marchisio. Uh, so last time on Vader, our favorite Star Wars comic out there, yes. he had been put through the gauntlet of the Emperor's punishments, uh, just going like the will of the dark side, really showing how much of an agent of uh, hate and pain. Uh, and we even get into even more of that in this, ep- in this issue. But, um, you know, where we came, like, what set all of this up? Uh, what, it, you know, we've, we've come a long way in these last few issues of coming from Exegol and watching uh, the Emperor basically, like, beat Vader down into a pulp. Yes. Um Seeing, I think seeing Exegol for Vader wa- became an exercise in futility in terms of his original ideas of overthrowing the Emperor. I think he was like, this is going to be a lot more complicated than I thought. And <laughs> I think that that entered Vader's mind. Um, I really think he left Exegol even more splintered and broken. I don't mean, I don't mean just physically. Um, I love when the Grand Vizier really asked how he's still alive. Yeah. How is he even alive, he says, too. And 
his hate, <laughs> his hate sustains him. And then when Vader goes in for major surgery, they are saying, all right, we're going to power you down now. And he says, no, he wants to be awake during the surgery to purposely feel the pain because it only increases his power. So he's just screaming, being surgically enhanced, fixed while still awake. And in this, he's having flashbacks of his son and discussing how his son his safety are his friends when really his friends are his downfall, which then leads us into why Vader now cares about Han Solo. Yeah. I thought that was very important. Yeah. I thought that was kind of wild, right? They, they show these scenes that happened after the, the destruction of the Death Star and Vader going around in his TIE fighter, basically hunting down Han Solo. He shoots this, he shoots a, uh, a, what was it? A uh, Rodian on another yes. YT freighter uh, because he thought he was Han. So he was dressed like he, he sliced them down before he even knew mm-hmm. what there was Han. And then Han was actually across the, the spaceway conveniently. But uh, yeah, I mean, these visions that he had and, and the anger that, that they showed that happened right after uh, those crazy events. I thought that was a really, really neat flashback. Absolutely. Absolutely. And I think that it I think that it brought back. Vader is a tragic character in how he becomes he's so strong, but so pathetic. Yeah, I saw that happen. He Vader was listening. Um, he he uh, for the for the listeners, uh, one of Chris's action figures randomly fell down while we were talking. Wonder Woman. Yeah, Wonder Woman. Um, but anyway, um, and so when I was reading this whole Emperor Vader trying to kill one another, I was like, how does how does Vader come back to serving him in Return of the Jedi? How does how do we get there? And now it's. He sees Exegol, sees the Emperor's plans, and just flat out realizes there's just no way I'm going to beat this guy. So I'm just going to go along with it. And his hate is now aimed at Luke, either join the the real true join us or die. And I'm going to get to you through your friends. And he's going to go after Han. The most disturbing part of this entire book was a hut with abs. <laughs> yes. <laughs> Bo- Boku the hut. Yeah, what the hell happened there? It was like the last page. What I do like about that is that we have um, another hut family who maybe doesn't like Jabba and that has, you know, vendettas against them or whatever and i think that opening this up and making this new alliance between ochi um you know and vader because now it's basically like ochi's been tasked as vader's assistant or whatever uh, yeah. so it's so interesting the regional manager yeah yeah exactly um and so one of my favorite things that uh vader said during his his uh i guess his visions was Believe that you and your friends have survived this long through strength or fortune instead of my design. Yeah. And it's it's interesting because it 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 takes a look back at the events that happened during Empire Strikes Back and how Vader did manipulate a lot of it to get Luke trapped on Bespin. Yes, it, it even highlights that very, very famous gesture where Boba Fett lifts his blaster and Vader pulls his blaster down. Um, And they highlight that again in the comic and everything being his design. Oh, it wasn't because Vader built C-3PO and you want to give him shot. Oh my God. Yeah. That's, that's it there. Is it? Oh my God. Oh my God. Oh, Oh, okay. Anyway, (laughs) what about uh, this line from the emperor? What is your will, my apprentice? Yes, I like that. I like that. I did. because it's always like, "What is your what is your bidding, 
my master. master. Yeah. What do you want from me? Well, what do you want, my apprentice? Now that you've gone through this gauntlet of hate and pain, what do you want to do? And now that's kind of a scary thought because now we have the Dark Lord of the Sith on a rampage leaning into War of the Bounty Hunters. Yeah, it's it's a it's a much angrier Vader, if that's even possible. Um, you know, it, it it seemed that we were Vader was softening up in this series. You know, it opens with him going to Padme's grave. Um, it, it opens with you know uh, him helping Padme's guard at at one point. And then him betraying the emperor for his family. And you're just kind of like, you know, this isn't even Vader from Jedi, Return of the Jedi. Like, even Vader from Return of the Jedi was, you know, subservient to the emperor. And what is this? And then they just poured it on. I mean, the emperor, the emperor beat Vader into submission, just beat him, not just physically, but mentally and spiritually did you see they cut another one of his hands off yeah yes isn't that crazy it's just kind of like because when he's when he's like reaching an obi-wan in episode three you see at least still has one arm Mm -hmm. and then they cut that hand off yep in this process of rebuilding him again i mean this is like it's a dark shit and um it was brutal yeah, it's very brutal. And it's and one like when you go into Jedi and you think about this this idea that um Vader did kind of touch on the fact that he wanted to try to take over an empire. And now we have all this story to kind of fill in that gap from the comics. We go into Return of the Jedi where it's like this guy's taking his son and offering him up to, you know, the Sith Lord. So yep. I do like the fact that they have shown that Vader is broken um, and then put back together by the Emperor's will. And you even see it between Masamata and the, I don't even know what the other character is, the female, the bald yeah. female. Uh, but that the fact that they were both kind of scared at first, like what would happen? Who is what is Vader going to do? And they're like no, Vader is subservient to the Emperor, and you shouldn't have nothing to fear from him because he's he's a tool, right? Well, I like that the Emperor said something along the lines of, I'm too powerful for him, and you're not even on his radar. You're, yeah. you're, too, you're too weak for him to even care about you. Exactly. And it was just like, oh, okay, Mr. Emperor. Wow. Yeah, these... There's some good lines in this. And um, as we wrap up this issue, we talked about how Oji goes to confront Boku the Hutt. Um, and the words he says is, I serve Vader, as do you. And then Vader appears in the, out of the darkness. And that last yes. kind of full page scene, which is really neat because you see this, finally, this put back together Vader after we watched him kind of build himself out of weird droid parts and, and he was a mess. He was a mess. So, um, Vader's back and he's, you better watch out. Yeah. And Boku, the hut has been doing some serious setups, man. Like I turned that page. I'm like, what am I looking at? What is, what is this? Uh, Who knows? Probably like hangs upside down and pulls itself up. And all that kind of weird hunt workout stuff that we see that we don't see, I guess. But uh, very strange, very strange. Uh, yes. But let's uh, let's get into the last issue tonight. Uh, it's Doctor Afra number ten, and we've saved Boom. this one for last uh, for a certain reason. We'll get to that at the end of the the talk about this issue. But we've um we've had we've had some issues with this uh but let me yes. uh, let me do the professional thing here uh this is another prelude story called the invitation uh writer as always Alyssa wong pencils by ray anthony height colors by rochelle rosenberg and inks by victor olazaba so last time we are left with uh general vakora she had stormed uh basically this was like a tech event 
they were showing off the hyperdrive. The new iPhone. It's, right? Exactly. Uh, that's, what I, new, that's what it felt like. All of it. So uh, we, we knew as readers that if somebody activated the hyperdrive, it would explode. So there, this was one of the dire situations at hand. But uh, Vakora attacks. She takes people hostage. She's just shooting people left and right. I mean, it's just like executing, just right? executing uh, hostages. It was a it was a crazy episode. Um, let me call it again an episode. But um, so we have uh, Stara or Sana, right? Yeah, Sana, Sana and, and uh, Afra. And so Afra has a plan. She decides to confront uh, General Vakora and uh, hostages get out because of Sana. Uh, she says the engine will blow up, as we know. She does pull out a core piece from that engine, uh, which is going to be the new MacGuffin, I guess. But, um, I mean, this was this was just a very action-packed uh, issue where we're we're getting we're closing up a storyline and we're jumping to the next. Uh, especially since we're also touching on uh, both Lucky and what is the other character there? Uh, Ariel. 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 Yes. Yes. Ariola. What a great name for a character. <laughs> I'm sorry. I just read that and I'm like, did I read that right? You did. Um, I had to be sure. Um, even the spelling. Gee, many crickets. But anyway, <laughs> um, no, this this was a this was a great read. It was fun. Um, you know, you had Afra pretty much uh, bluffing with how she's going to fix this ancient hyperdrive and waiting for Sana to get hostages out. And then of course, you know, I like the opening, like it's like the news, like they got hostages inside, you know, stormtroopers have arrived to the scene. Like the police are like getting there and then like, we have a way in let's go. And the stormtroopers all run in, you know, to try and save the day. But, and it felt like, like a real like police standoff, in our time, but, but set in star Wars, which was neat. And then, um, yeah, I failed to see its prelude into the war of the bounty hunters. Like I felt like all the other ones had a clear cut, you know, this is how like Vader wants to get to Luke's friends. Valence owes Hannah debt. Um, what was the star Wars? Uh, they, uh, they know someone has Han, they know, who, and they're going to go see who they are. Yeah, they're the this one. Friends. Yeah. This one, where was it? Where did, or unless I missed something, Chris, you, you, you really didn't. Uh, like I said, I think this issue really acted as a cleanup for the, the arcs that we, the arc we had been reading. It did set up some stuff, uh, with, with the Taj, um, Eva and Drake, and different things like that. So they're kind of like planting seeds of where they want to take the story probably after War of the Bounty Hunters. But I think really our main contact here is the fact that Sana Staros was Han Solo's ex-wife. Um, oh, yeah. And like you said, uh, like I said at the beginning, what happens at the end of this issue uh, is huge. And I think the fact that this is probably the weakest of the four books is the reason why they said, let's include a character that has not been introduced into the canon yet. So, yeah, I'm not. I mean, I'd like I'd love it if you could do the reveal because you're going to know a lot more than me. But this is a character I'm not <clears throat> very familiar with. And knowing this time period, in my mind, I'm looking for Dash Rendar. I'm looking for Prince Shizor. I'm looking for... That's what I'm waiting for. But you, this was a big reveal. You reminded me why it was a big deal. So, I mean, Chris, tell enlighten us, all of us. I shall. I shall. Uh, so the big reveal at the end of this issue is that Dirge is going to be part of the War of the Bounty Hunters uh, crossover. So it's interesting because Dirge was introduced during the Jendi Tatowski I'm going to butcher his name because that's my job to do that. Um, the original Clone Wars miniseries cartoons. So if you haven't watched those, they're actually available on Disney Plus now as part of the Legends uh, side of things. But 
that introduced this really interesting bounty hunter type creature who fought Obi-Wan and his battalion. Uh, basically, it was like Obi-Wan versus Dirge on swoop bikes, which was an awesome fight. Uh, and I was always kind of curious uh, who this character was. Because like if Obi-Wan would cut him, he would regrow his like his arms. Uh, so I'm, I'm, I don't want to talk too much about his his legends appearance, but I do want to say I'm really interested to see where they're going to take him in canon. Uh, so Dirge does show up at the end. It's that crazy looking masked character in the last panel. Uh, and this is why I think that this is just this. Like I said, this is a good way to bring Ephra into the whole war by bringing in a character that people liked. Uh, and also making it the first appearance in canon. Yeah. I mean, I think, like, I think you're right. Aphra is the one comic in all the series is, is that's struggling the most, in my opinion. Um, and I don't know why. Because I just... I it's know. because they're not doing the archaeologist thing. They're not doing the Indiana Jones in space thing. Now, yeah. they've laid they've laid some ideas into this series that there may be artifacts out there hopefully high republic stuff so we can see more of that stuff but i'm like like i've said i'm hoping that they'll get back to basics with future issues i really i think in and star wars comic book creators if you're listening i really think that they need to do a high republic afra crossover where it's a temple and in the High Republic, that's a full-fledged temple, people in and out, all this, that, and the other thing. And then in the Afra comic, it's, what, like a thousand years later, and she's studying that exact same temple as an archaeologist. But something happens, and and we don't know what it is because we're leading up to that point in High Republic, and we're leading up to Afra figuring it out in her series. Tell me more. Uh, right but I, i'm just saying i mean i'm no genius but i kind of am and i think that that would be that would be an excellent an excellent crossover but anyway i digress I, i'd read that i'd read that most definitely uh so a good arc a decent arc comes to a close in this issue uh in a way at least now we know that uh afro does have some kind of jump on the Taj because she does have that little core uh, and maybe she can build a real uh, engine that the Nile used back in the High Republic days. But uh, like I said, Dirge is here. I'm really excited to see what kind of role he plays. Uh, I'm hoping that maybe it does get out of the Afro books and that Dirge can fight maybe like Luke Skywalker. But we shall see. We shall see. Uh, But Coming up, my friend, it's June is upon us, and June is the first true uh, chapter one of War of the Bounty Hunters. So are you ready? I'm ready. Uh, I'm ready for what's going to be an awesome ride. Um, I'm hoping this is going to be very reminiscent of Vader Down. Um, yeah. If you remember that. Yes. That's what I'm hoping that this is going to be, but better. Um, where it's just all the comics, bam, in just one issue. Well, multiple issues, but you get what I mean. Like, and I'm I'm really really looking forward to this. I really am. Yeah, especially since it's gonna be lasting for months. I mean, already we have three months worth of solicitations that we know it's lasting through. I think it goes into the fall. So it does, and we're getting um bounty hunter titles too. Like IG-88, number one, Forlom and Zuckus, number one, yep. et cetera, which is pretty cool. I wonder what those are all about, but we're going to find out. Well, I think it's really a good idea because, I mean, Marvel's really good at putting out, I mean, not just Marvel. When any of the big two, uh, when they do these crossovers, let's find whatever other issues we can sell to the fans just to, you know, bring them in because they have to know the story of what Jabba the Hutt did or Forlom and Zuckus. You know, so we and we'll buy it up and the yeah, it works. It works. It works. And all of it. 
All of it. It's, exactly. It's, uh, it's Star Wars. So they got us. They got us. It's by a the, sickness. The cojones. Uh, so anyways, great month of comics um, leading into War of the Bounty Hunters. All these prelude issues have been really solid. Uh, and I'm excited. I'm really excited to see what happens because June is only a few days away. Uh, you and I will actually be meeting for the first time this month, this coming month, which is an interesting mm. concept. And yes. uh, hopefully we'll be doing some uh, some in-person podcasting and talking about this kind of shite. That is the hope, my friend. That is the hope. Um, and I'm looking forward to it. Um, but yeah, man, can't wait. Big month of comics coming up. You know what else I can't wait for? As I punch my microphone, because I'm so excited, is the next episode of Listen Up Casuals. Now, yes. Rocco and I have a new show on DVAT Entertainment that's dedicated to casuals, uh, casuals of the comic uh, fandom. And so if you are watching shows or movies about these new these comic book characters, and you're not really that familiar with the source material, well, that's why we're here. Uh, we're going to be talking about some of our favorites, uh, some of the ones that are now just coming out. And we'll be comparing it to, uh, not really comparing it to, but we'll be sharing our thoughts about it and talking about how it kind of relates back to the comics that these characters originate. Yes, it's a great show um, for, for those of you that maybe don't have the time or the wallet to go out and pick out pick up like you know a hundred comics in a series um we give you we break it down in just simple you know this is where this comes from in the comic so you can maybe better maybe can enrich your viewing of whatever show you're watching um our first episode was falcon and winter soldier if you haven't listened to it listen to it if you have thanks and i hope you enjoyed it um but we've got a lot more coming down the pipe and it's not just going to be comics you know we're also going to do um you know like the mandalorian for those that have not seen the star wars movies or the cartoon shows is really the big one there um things of that nature um, we get really into the nitty-gritty the whole geek universe the whole geek umbrella i mean the geekdom geeks have inherited the earth and we're all the better for it um but hey rocco what else what else do you do uh do you do, you do any other shows um in between my time as a crazy you know incel um i <laughs> that's a joke that's a joke <laughs> Uh, um, no, I, uh, I have this stupid little show called the critical mass podcast. Um, me and my very, very long time friend, Dan, who's also very old and very ugly. Um, we do a show together about anything and everything in the current news cycle. Um, we skewer it and no one is safe. Um, like I always say, imagine the daily show, but without the talent. That's a, that sounds about right. Um, and also, um, my friend Casey and I, we do Tell I Talk, the geekly news. Uh, so we talk about current events and new news from the pop culture geekly world. Uh, so check out Tell I Talk. We just did our 200th episode. Uh, so we're jumping into the future with even more episodes. So uh, Defense Entertainment has a show for everybody, right? I, I counted the other day. It was like 12 different shows on there Rocco. yeah we've got about 12 shows um everything from you know you listen to the bull and moose podcast for uh political for actual history uh historical politics um the campfire chats to talk about fun stories and conspiracy theories um critical mass for your comedic news um towel talk for your uh, what your pop culture pop culture news Insensitive culture. Um, their last episode, there was about it was about peepees and wee-wees. So if you're into that, name them all. You got them all. Oh, Gutsy God. Media podcast reviewing yes. movies. Oh man, Gutsy Media. I I guessed it on that show with Bob, and I had such a blast. If you want to have fun listening to a show about movies, you should be listening to Gutsy Media. What a great show. That's it. Um, entertainment, something for everybody, right? Yeah, something for everyone. Uh, guys, I was want to plug uh, White Imprints Apparel, uh, located in the small town of Cuba, New York. 
Uh, they are the home of all the apparel for DFAT Entertainment. All of our shows, well, most of them at this point, have apparel. Star Warriors has both light side and dark side apparel, depending on your affiliation with the Force. Critical Mass has a ton of apparel. Uh, so check it out. Uh, I'll leave a link in the show notes. But awesome. May was a uh, a great month for Star Wars comics. Yes, it was. And I'm glad we could talk about it. That's it. And we'll be back real soon. Uh, we'll be talking in person probably the next time you hear us. So it might get crazy. It might get wild. It might. It might. It might. It probably Somebody will. might be naked. Oh, God. I will not even pack any clothes for this trip. Um, so signing off. Thanks for listening, everybody out there. And may the force be with you.